What does American Pie the movie and a pair of best friends have to do with the lacrosse in Portugal? Well, apparently everything. Most of the people that come and try our practices, they, they have never seen a lacrosse stick. They, some of them might never have seen lacrosse, uh, a lacrosse game, for instance. Um, they probably, like, like me, kids nowadays saw lacrosse on the TV, um, on, 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 a, on like, for example, the, the, the Teen Wolf series, or my case, I saw it on American Pie when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah. That was how I discovered lacrosse because I never saw it in my life. And as a teenager, everyone wants to be the Steve Meister, right? <laughs> Pedro Machado started playing lacrosse over 12 years ago after watching the 1999 comedy American Pie. And from that day on, his life has revolved around the sport. Today, with help of his girlfriend Maria, Pedro has built a solid lacrosse program in one of the coolest and biggest lacrosse tournaments in Europe. Right now are you are you home are you at work or at what and what time is it down there it's four right now 4 p.m i'm actually at home because we, we are still working from home here in, in in portugal because of covid uh so yeah working home uh, i'm gonna hit the holiday button from tomorrow so pretty excited <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you do full time i'm a sports tours uh, and events manager. So basically I work with teams, mainly from the US, uh, that want to tour to Europe, either lacrosse or uh, soccer, basketball, any sport basically. And I take care of, of the ground operations here in, in Portugal and, and, and in Spain as well. I saw uh, rugby too, right? Did you, did you do some stuff with rugby as well? Yeah, uh, well, because of my work, uh, we have been organizing uh, sports events for quite some time, and, and rugby is one of the events that we have organized, uh, well, as, as a company, basically, uh, a very big rugby youth festival. Cool, cool, cool. What's, um, hey, Pedro, what's the, uh, obviously, I'm guessing soccer is the biggest sport in Portugal. What's kind of the number two and three sports? Yeah, soccer, of course, the, the biggest um, to get all the attention. Um, everyone knows Ronaldo, right? <laughs> As for other sports, I would say maybe, I don't know exactly, but maybe basketball and rugby. Um, they're pretty popular. I've, uh, we talk about basketball a lot because it's um, similar to box across in many ways. Um, but uh, you know, I guess... Rugby is very different than field, but um, so many similarities between soccer and, and field lacrosse. Um, do you do you ever see any overlap in some of those sports and, and to what you're most passionate about? Yeah, for sure. You, you know, here we we most of the people that come and try our practices, they, they have never seen a lacrosse stick. They some of them might never have seen lacrosse uh, a lacrosse game, for instance. Um, they probably like like me. Kids nowadays saw lacrosse on the TV, um, on, on, on a, like, for example, the, the, the Teen Wolf series, or my case, I saw it on American Pie when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was how I, I discovered lacrosse, because I, I, I never saw it in my life. And as a teenager, everyone wants to be the Steve Meister, right? And <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well... To, to resume our, our conversation, basically no one ever 
uh, experience lacrosse. So one of the tactics that we use to explain the game uh, is uh, overlap uh, some, well, the tactics or the movements that people here are used to do in, in basketball or soccer or even handball. Um, so for sure, uh, it's, 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 it's a great tool to, to overlap this, this kind of, of, of different sports because they give us references. Uh, and and even for us, uh, we are basically uh, the DIY coaches. Um, we have never been trained to be a lacrosse coach, so we have to learn mostly using YouTube and then translate that to what we are used to. Um, well, soccer basically, uh, basketball. We are also, I don't know if you know these guys, I, I don't think this is very typical in the US, but we also are very strong in, in hockey but not field hockey, roller hockey, um, which, well, there is some similarities with, with ice hockey. Um, you can go behind the goal, etc. So um, in the end, uh, Portuguese folks, when they try lacrosse, they're normally pretty good because they are already um, either tactically because of soccer and basketball or either with, with, with stick skills because of hockey. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're actually, I'm from the States, but we're up here in Canada, and we see that a lot too, right? At, at the lower levels, especially, like um, the teams that I coach in box are, are, are U11, U9, you know, my kids are younger, and you'll see, like, um, the, the kids that play hockey are much better at ball hockey and, and going to get the loose ball because they're used to chasing a puck all over the ice, right? But the kids that play basketball are much better at, you know, understanding how to set up an offense and how to set up on defense and, and the footwork that's, that's, uh, that's generally, um, you know, with the pick and rolls and things like that. Right. So, um, you mentioned YouTube. What what else are you? Did you guys do like uh, the virtual LaxCon in in the states or the IMCLA? Are you doing anything else like that for uh, for professional development with your coaches? Uh, no, um, actually, well, not virtual. I, I actually was on on, on the US uh, LAX convention myself uh, two two years ago. Well, the last time it was uh, present. Um, in person, yeah. Yeah, in person, yeah. Um, but basically what we do is we, we take a lot of resources from, from world lacrosse or US lacrosse, uh, either for, you know, uh, for planning training sessions and, and learn different drills, uh, because we don't have any, uh, inland coaches, uh, with, 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 um, with training basically. So that, that's a big challenge. Uh, and that's why when, when, when we have the chance to have coaches like, like Neil, around it's it's great for our kids and for our program because we are able to practice with them to play with them and see what's what's lacrosse really about um because we we only see it on tv here for sure so yeah so you mentioned that and i know neil went down there for the lisboa cup in uh uh this past year uh how did that go yeah awesome um well, due to COVID, it was a, a little bit special this year. We we had to run a lot of tests, and everyone needed to, to you know to get tested before the tournament. But we still managed to get 12 teams around around here. Uh, they were most of them international. Uh, we we've we've put on the field our Portuguese national team, and the rest of the teams were basically teams from Germany, from the US, from Italy, from Spain, uh, from 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 Belgium as well. Um, it's it's one of I would say one of the biggest tournaments in in Europe, uh, and it's a great chance for for players all over the world to experience different levels and different uh, you know perspectives of lacrosse because it is completely different at some point. 
um, from country to country. And where did you get the uh, the concept for this? Well, we we basically uh, Portugal is in the edge, you know, of Europe uh, if if you see it on the map, and so it's very challenging for us to 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 have games because we are a very small program. We can maybe drive to Spain a couple of times in the year, but it's very limited. While in the center of Europe, if you are in Belgium or if you are in Germany, it's very easy for you on a two-hour, three-hour drive to be in, I don't know, four different countries and play with those teams. So one of the ways that we manage to, to get competition um, is to bring over teams from, well, from the US. And we basically needed to have, um, how do you say, uh, a reason for teams to, to come to Portugal. Uh, because it's not it's not central, so we have created the tournament to allow this kind of experiences and and an exchange of of of, well, of, of lacrosse uh, within our our community. Sounds uh, kind of similar in some senses to us being in Ottawa, and oftentimes we travel down to Toronto to get um, you know different kinds of lacrosse experiences. I know you mentioned that uh, Portugal is going to be in the European uh, Men's Championships in 2022. Um, do you want to speak a little bit about uh, like what that means to you to have the opportunity to bring Portugal to that tournament? Sure. Well, it's 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 the dream of of a lifetime, basically. Uh, when yeah, when we started our our program uh, more seriously back in 2015, that was the biggest goal. Uh, to be able to to put together a team, of course, uh, most of the kids that are now on the team, they're not, they're no longer kids, they're men right now. So they started with 15, 16 year olds. Now they are 22, 23, whatever. So it was a development program basically uh, that put us on this level, and and it's great for us to be able to to go to the Europeans. Um, the well next year particularly, uh, the Europeans will be a qualifier for the World Championship. So Although we are small and somehow a new country on these on these stages, of course we have the ambition to at least try to to go to the world championships. I know you mentioned like having a four-year plan, so to speak, to to develop it, like you said there, and, and get the players to the point at which they can compete. Um, can you just talk about some of the specifics of that plan and um, you know how you developed your players to get to where they need to be? Yeah, sure. So. Uh, we, we have a big lacrosse is, is, is in Portugal since 2010, and, and one of the challenges that we had during 2010 and 2015 was to capture players and keep them on the game because most of the guys that joined the program were college, maybe yeah, college-ish aged players. So when they start working, they lacrosse is not, of course, it's not a way of living here. So they basically dropped off the sport, and we were not, we were never able to, to, to put together a, a real program. And what we understood in 2015 was that we needed to, to, to take on, on, on the youth level, um, and start bringing kids from, yeah, as I told you, 15, 16 year olds, uh, l teach them the fundamentals of lacrosse. So, <laughs> uh, you know, passing and shooting and whatever. So, uh, it took us it took us a while to be able to to. It's very hard to explain because we are not able in, in even here in Portugal in, in four years or five, uh, to 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 have a very um, specific 
program because every day and every practice you will have guys that never saw lacrosse in their lives mixed with guys that already played lacrosse for five or six years uh, so uh, to be honest is is a big you know mess it's one of of the biggest challenges of of international programs um, because we have so many different levels and so many different abilities that it's it's hard to combine this so uh, we, we actually to be honest we we did that plan, but in terms of development and, and progression of, of practice, uh, maybe we, we thought we will be doing a couple of months of fundamentals, then we'll go to, to offense, then we'll go to defense. Uh, and, and then in the end, we were never able to, to fulfill our programs because when we wanted to give the next step, we always needed to go back um, to be able to introduce new players to, to the sport. So. Uh, it's a kind of a back and forth uh, program that 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 we do. Um, <laughs> we don't have anything very very specific. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I've always wanted to ask um, uh, people involved in international across this. And so with the World Championships, um, you see a lot of uh, players. You know, I have uh, Portuguese heritage, or I have Irish heritage, or and they go from the states or from Canada and play for these other countries. How how do you guys look at that in, in Portugal? Are, are you looking for players like that? Are you trying to to grow it all from within? Which which is the way that I you know I would like to see lacrosse go. Yeah, well, it's a mix basically. Uh, we we need. You have seen teams that um, made their national teams completely or almost 100% of of heritage players, and that was that was bad because it it it, it doesn't allow for the national programs to to develop and and grow. Uh, and then in the other cases, you have teams that only use their local players and then they don't have the level to be in an international competition. So you basically have to be balanced uh, and, and make sure the guys that you bring in for from the from Canada or from the US uh, will uh, contribute to your program. They will come over, they will help you with training because, for, for instance, we have players in, in, in both countries, Canada and, and, and the US that help us a lot with, with training resources and when they came over, because that's meant one of the things that's mandatory is to come over and, and see us and be with us. Uh, they do gear drives, for example. That's something that uh, it's, it's very hard to access and they can bring that. So they're actually a resource and especially Portugal and maybe countries like Ireland or Italy, uh, we have a lot, a lot of immigrants because people went to the States uh, and also to Canada, I don't know, but I think we have 1.5 million Portuguese uh, people living in, in in the US and Canada. So that's a lot of people. And of course, we, we cannot ignore them. And if they want to be part of our, of our program, they, they are they are welcome um, uh, as long as they contribute to, to, to the growth of, of the local players as well. Yeah, and so like, uh, you know, uh, off topic a little bit, but I'm from uh, the Boston area in Massachusetts and uh, Fall River, Mass is, a, is, is one of those communities. It's a high Portuguese population. Um, yeah. uh, Carvela's is a restaurant down there. It's got a great Portuguese steak plate that I, that I love, right? But, um, <laughs> you know, when, uh, with that same vein, when, when, when people visit there, um, what, what are the things culturally you're trying to get them to experience as well when they go to the Lisboa Cup or different events that you're running down there? Yeah, well, we one of the things uh, we we try them to to understand is is to well first to to play and practice and and this 
sports-wise, to, to play and practice with, with our guys uh, so they can understand the level of things uh, around here because it's it's completely different. And sometimes people have the perspective. We actually have a couple of players, uh, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken from, from the Fall River community. Uh, for sure, lots of them from Boston. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, so, but anyways, we, we try to introduce them to our to our trainings and to our games, and then uh, when they come to 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 Lisboa Cup or any other events, we don't show them only Lisbon. Uh, of course, they culturally they they go to to the main hotspots, but we also show them other parts of the country because that's part of the Lisboa Cup or the sports events program to to be able to travel around the country uh, and 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 understand our culture. Um, and that's part of well of, of the strategy that that we use when setting up these these events. You have lots of like you know personal background in in uh, in management and in, in uh, event management. I just kind of wonder um, that obviously would help you in terms of Lisboa Cup, but does it help you in terms of your coaching as well? Is there some parts that you can pull in from that management experience um, when you're coaching you know players, youth players or young adults? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I think I'll, wh when you are organizing an event, uh, you have to to be very very focused, um, uh, very uh, how do you say goal goal uh, centric and and goal focused, and that's one of the things I try to 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 tell to our to our players and 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 sometimes um, because I actually uh, started organizing events because of lacrosse um, and sometimes kids uh, especially here in Portugal they they we don't have a league like a, a, a regular league uh, we play basically six on six games with two or three teams that we have in the country so it's very hard uh, for kids to have a perspective on on the future you know that you need to be very resilient to 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 keep playing the game because you you don't know what where you are heading uh, you you just see well a very little league uh, you're not definitely going to be pro. So, what's in it for you? That's that that those are the questions that sometimes kids ask us. Um, yeah, today I'm going to practice, but w what's the goal? Uh, are we playing the Champions League or whatever? No, uh, we are trying to 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 grow the sport, and, and and that's basically what what you do with events because when you are launching events. Especially, uh, you always start with a very, very small event, normally on the first edition, and that what that that was actually what happened with, with Lisboa Cup. We organized it with very, I don't know, three or four teams on the first edition, and now uh, we are at 24 teams uh, uh, tournament, and teams come from all over the world uh, to to be here with us, and that's what I take to to, to training and to practice, and and basically everywhere I go. To, to try to to teach kids that uh, you always have to look at the, at the long run. You cannot expect to collect anything uh, in the moment, of course, especially kids are very impatient uh, and, and it's, that's hard to manage. But that's basically what I take from my, from my uh, profession uh, to, to practice. Talked about, you know, uh, players are not going to play in a Champions League and what is the outcome that you're really trying to produce is to grow the sport. But if we could rewind a little bit to when you, you first started, and I think it was in 2010, um, what is it like trying to grow a sport 
from nothing in a country that does not have lacrosse as a traditional sport. How did you just, what was the first thing you did in trying to do that? Yeah, that's that exactly what I was saying is, is resilience. Uh, because when we started, uh, we started in, in a garden, like four or five guys uh, that just bought some lacrosse sticks and some balls. And we are just, you know, playing around. And I'm, I've never imagined, imagined um, 11 years ago that uh, we would be on, uh, you know, going to play in an European Championship or uh, hosting an international event. So it was very challenging for sure. Um, and when you when you start these these this kind of ideas, you you have to be very resilient because we have a lot of you know uh, of setbacks along the road. Um, we have problems with, with funding, with with gear, uh, with on a country that that is soccer dri driven. It's very hard to get space on fields. To play lacrosse or, or any other sport, but uh, lacrosse is played on soccer fields basically. So it's a challenge to to get a gap for us, for instance. So it it was a very big challenge, uh, but that's one of the things that is good about lacrosse. We have been fortunate enough to to have help from many different parts of the world. Uh, Portuguese heritage players for sure helped us a lot with with gear and knowledge. And we have been also blessed with guys uh, that sometimes come from the US or from, from the UK. Uh, and they they can come over on, on their own holidays, but they always uh, try to reach us to try to teach us something. Um, that's something very good about the lacrosse community. They, you know, the grow the game spirit, um, you know, and we, we, we have players uh, like Marcus Ullman, Scott Ratliff, uh, um, and, and, and Drew Snyder uh, that came over a couple of times already uh, and practiced with us and, and did clinics. So you see, uh, it, it, <laughs> we 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 don't have resources, but at some point they will show up, and you 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 could see the YouTube for sure. But then you are lucky enough to have PLL players around also. So I think that's what turns our community so you know so 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 special sorry yeah so i think um and, and that resonates with me a lot because even here in canada lacrosse is pretty popular but there's areas where it's it's not played at all right it's something where they're just trying to grow it as well and i think a common question that i get is what mistakes did you make right what mistakes did you make that uh, that we can learn from and so what are some of the mistakes along the way early on that that you made that um that people could learn from and possibly try to avoid. Oh yeah, um, one one of the biggest ones uh, was uh, when you you have a you try to set up a pro well it, at least here in Portugal and I don't know uh, other other realities but one of the mistakes that we did is we we received as a, a new program uh, especially in the early years a lot of gear. Um, from 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 international institutions or from donors that wanted to help us and and gear is very scarce and and when you get it especially uh i was way younger and the the other people that were with me were also younger so we we got a bunch of gear for instance and <clears throat> uh we we, we kind of started uh distributing it around the you know our players uh 
so so they could be able to to practice and, and play uh, and basically what happened is um, when you set up a program without um, on, on a social basis in which you want to grow the sport but you you don't want people to to have to to pay a lot or whatever to to, to play it if you don't charge anything uh, <laughs> i know this is very peculiar but that's true um, uh, even if you want to help people to to, to play a sport um, it's 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 impossible to do it completely for for free especially on, on countries like us and one of the mistakes was we didn't add like a monthly fee. Uh, we didn't have basically a management uh, plan for 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 the program in the early ages, and 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 that resulted that we lost a lot of gear. And only recently we were able to to you know to rebuild the the, the gear necessities that we that, that that we need because what happened was that players didn't pay to play the sport. They got the gear, and then from one day to the other, they wouldn't show up to practice, uh, and we 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 lost contact, and basically we we lost gear, and that was one of of the mistakes. Uh, I would guess that probably you guys were looking more on a on a coaching basis uh, perspective, <laughs> but we do I don't know we, um, we we cannot assess very properly our our coaching uh, abilities. Yeah, it's 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 basically uh, it's our experience you know uh, i'm sure uh, other programs other programs made other mistakes and have other difficulties but this is one of our main difficulties because uh, it's not easy to access gear and we lost it and then it took us a lot of time to, to get it back so <clears throat> And so you mentioned, uh, you know, you, you talk with American coaches. You mentioned some of the PLL coaches. W- what about European coaches? What What are the clubs that you guys kind of look up to and maybe reached out to for guidance along the way? Normally from the UK, because the, the UK also has a very uh, long tradition in, in lacrosse. Uh, they are for sure the more, most developed country in Europe. Actually, our national team coach uh, is from the UK. So we look a lot on what they do and what they can learn well teachers basically um because they are the closest country uh knowledge wise with with the us so but but not only uh you, you need to be uh, how do you say uh it's not honest is is humble enough to see other programs that are better than you and and you can learn a lot with them spain for instance which is across the border border here although they have of course some difficulties as well they are very pretty much advanced than us so we also look a lot to what they do and we try to exchange uh, a lot of ideas sometimes to be able to to be like them so we kind of take like the role models uh, from 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 all the programs in europe and try to to benchmark them uh, and, and improve sure and so i mean you, you, we've talked a lot about field lacrosse but what about box lacrosse in portugal are you guys doing any box lacrosse down there is, is that starting to grow at all or no um we we have sun almost 360 days per year so it's pretty difficult to be closed on on, on a hall and so <laughs> <laughs> we, we are more uh, outside sports people uh, so we don't focus too much on on box we, we don't have any box lacrosse program uh, right now here in, in Portugal. Okay. 
And then, you know, tactically, uh, what kind of offense or, or defense are you guys running? Is it very basic? Are you, what are you guys kind of doing offensively and defensively as a team? Well, um, because of the development of our players, uh, we are still on very, very basic things. We, we don't have, a, we know the triangles or, or whatever tactic you want to use, but uh, we don't run any specific uh, uh, tactic because what we want the players to do is to at least be able to <laughs> cir circle around the crease and, and pass the ball right and don't lose the balls. And if you lose the balls, uh, you, you, you could pick them up again. Uh, the same on defense. Uh, we try to, to basically teach the basics. Um, we try to slide. We, we do a lot of, of slides training uh, during during our practices and all the fundamentals, basically. Uh, because as I told you, we have so many different levels of abilities and, and, and new and rookies and experienced players, uh, but we don't have enough to have a, a team just with experienced players and a team sure. just for the rookies. So we need to mix everyone up. Uh, and that's very hard to, to you know, tactically to, to improve uh, with this with these handicaps. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What about defensively? Are you guys teaching mostly man-to-man -man concepts? Are you guys more zone? What, what are you guys doing there? We we normally uh, well we we normally do more more zone um, defense. We we don't do much um, man to man uh, uh, defense. But actually, one of the things that uh, because of the size of our program, we don't play during the year. We don't play too often ten v ten. So um, we need to adapt our practices and and, and the games that we play to our reality and one of the good things that happened quite recently was the creation of, of lacrosse sixes and, and and that for us was something like oh this is good because this is what we have been playing for for always you sure. know when you talk me about 10 v 10 and offensive or defensive uh, uh, tactics that's something very very you know strange for us because on a day-to-day -day basis we are not used to deal uh, with that because we don't have the chance to, to practice properly because uh, we don't have games 10 feet 10 on, 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 a, on a regular basis. So this was actually very cool that they created sixes uh, because it's a completely new thing uh, and we could probably be better on this new model than, than, and then progress to properly to, to 10 feet 10. Have you guys started any kind of uh, Olympic planning and, and hopes to make it to the Olympics? Have you guys started anything along that path? Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, Sixes is, I don't know, three months, four months uh, old. So it's something very recent. And we understood that Sixes will be the Olympic uh, uh, variation of lacrosse. Uh, and when you, you have a program with, with, with less players like us, uh, we... When we go to a, an European Championship, we'll take a, a 23 men's rooster, and on that 23, we have very, very good and talented players. And of course, you have those who are less talented. That that's normal. But when you uh, resize the, 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 your squad and your rooster, and you see that on sixes you are playing six v six, and your squad will be 12, then the differences between between countries 
will be uh, smaller because if we play against Spain, if we play against Germany on a 10v10 concept, normally we, we, we get smashed most of the times we've played them. But when you reduce the size, you will have the best of the best of your players on the field. And we have very talented players, actually. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have 30 or 40 or 50. Um, so that's why this model is pretty good. And that's why we are confident that maybe, um, depending on what the rules and qualifications will be for the Olympics, we could, you know, try to to build around that and, and be present in 2028. Yeah, so it's a, that's a great point. I've never thought of it that way. When Olympic sixes got announced, I got, uh, I wasn't very happy about it because I thought it would be an athletic version of the game. It would be fast. It would be fun to watch. Um, but I felt like it wasn't uh, it wasn't lacrosse. Like, why can't uh, you know 10 v 10 lacrosse be in the Olympics? But when you think about it that way, it is going to allow more countries to compete at a higher level. So I think that's a, a, a really, really great point. Um, it's also another reason why I asked about box lacrosse, right? When lower numbers, there's less players on the floor, right? So that's um, an, another reason why I was thinking about that. But, um, you know, a common theme here has been about uh, helping and, and reaching out to international coaches and different things like that. What does the brotherhood of lacrosse mean to you? Like over the last 10, 11 years, how, how important that is? What, what does that, you know, that, that, that term mean to you? Oh, uh, it's, it's the most uh, important thing in, in lacrosse uh, for, for me, uh, because I've personally been able to connect with, with a lot of coaches and players from all over the world. And, and I'm, I'm, grateful enough to to say that uh most of them have have become friends so uh this is actually a very very big and worldwide family that everyone has um we make friends with people from the us we make friends with people from russia we from australia from new zealand and and that help us a lot and basically uh, you see that and exchanging experiences you see that they 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 have the same issues that that you have uh or sometimes they don't have that issues but they have and they can uh, help you and mentoring you to to succeed on well lacrosse wise so this is that's the most important thing the brotherhood and and the family alike aspect that the, the big lacrosse community has and then what about your background in event management? How does that help you as a as a as as a lacrosse coach and, and organize and organizing the tournament? Obviously it helps you there, but what about just uh, as a coach? Yeah, I, I think um one of the one of the things that that help helps me the, the most about about coaching um is 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 the resilient part of things. Um because when when you 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 are starting a, a lacrosse event um, or, or any other event or a basketball event, which we also uh, on on my company we also started this year, um, we start you you start from scratch and and you start uh, with nothing, uh, and that's basically what what you do here with with lacrosse when you come over to practice. Kids don't know um, what to expect from the future, and you. You, a, a lot that I take from events management is the resilience that you you, you need to to be able to to succeed in, in in the in the area. I take it to to the field and try to teach the, the kids during my my coaching process that they they need to be resilient when when they're training and when they're practicing because 
they need to practice and, and like they were playing basically they, they need to envision themselves and, and see themselves in the future not now they have to be patient especially here where they have never seen the lacrosse stick so they start from from scratch um they 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 need to be resilient enough to to be able to to see that higher higher goals will they will achieve higher goals in the end um if if they are resilient and, and, and patient that's that's what i take because i'm very uh, at least i consider myself of course very very resi resilient because of my profession and because of what we have been doing here with lacrosse for sure for sure uh, one thing i've always wondered is international teams um that are reaching out to u.s coaches or canadian coaches for help um are you using the English terms that they – are you translating them into, into Portuguese? Like how are you and, – and then you get the heritage players, right, speaking different languages. How are you meshing that? Yeah, we we basically we practice in English. Um, <laughs> and sometimes we are only Portuguese folks on the field and we are uh, speaking English to each other because it's <laughs> – yeah, it's easier because then when you have heritage players or whatever players that come over and, and – and, and want to practice and play with you, it's much more easier for everyone to to adapt to, to, to the same terms instead of using Portuguese. Of course, one of the tactics that we try to implement as a national team, uh, and that's part of our uh, uh, tactics book that our national head coach did, uh, is uh, using Portuguese terms uh, on the field because when you are playing an international competition, uh, you don't want the other guys to to know what you are doing or what you are saying to to each other so on on, <laughs> on that circumstance we, we will use portuguese but on on our day-to-day -day lives we we use english do most of your uh players from from portugal come already knowing how to speak english or are you starting from scratch there sometimes no no uh, it's it's mandatory uh learning in school uh, so yeah from kids we we learn english French and Spanish, so normally. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. They're more diverse in our school. I'm never, uh, sorry, Pedro. I've been having issues here. We just pulled over, so <laughs> baby was crying. Uh, that's why I was quiet for a while. Um. And sorry, Mark, to cut you off. Um, Go ahead. It was really important for us to want to have this call and to to have a, a coach and someone like yourself, you know, who's growing the sport in a non-traditional area on. Um, I guess what I'm really wondering, though, is, you know, where do you go from here? Like, how do you continue to to improve the organization and to attract more and more people to such a great sport? Yeah, th that's that's a very good question. And, and I don't have the exact answer to it. I know what we need. And when, when you're speaking about coaching, uh, the, the problem here is that uh, we have a very... Uh, uh, small crew to, to to grow the game here um, it's basically me and my girlfriend that do all the work so yeah I coach um, and but I also manage and then I also organize the event and then I also uh, I'm also the treasurer so um, when you have this this set of, of, of tasks that you need to perform uh, you feel that you are no good or not the best in all of them and and that's you know and and that's a big challenge to grow and, and to give the next step. So for sure, the next step for us uh, will be to find a, a proper <laughs> a proper coach because I, I, I've been involved in lacrosse for 10 years. And, and one of the things that I, I'm, I, I most resent is that I don't have the chance to play it because someone has to coach. Um, 
Uh, so I, I'm not able to do what I like to do, which is play lacrosse uh, rather than coaching. But I have to do it on 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 behalf and, and because we need to grow. And, and of course, I need to put my interests behind my back. But uh, for sure, the next step will be to, to have a dedicated people to volunteers, whatever they are, for specific areas. And for the coaches that are listening to, to your podcast, uh, if you are looking for an international, uh, <laughs> so let me do the advertising. If, if you are looking for, for an international experience, uh, reach out to Portugal Lacrosse because we, we'll be very happy. I know there are some of you guys that like to grow abroad uh, and do uh, a coaching exchange. So we'll be happy to host any coach that would, would be willing to, to help us and to come over. So in the early days uh, of your growth, Lax Power was around, and there used to be a lot of postings for international coach opportunities on Lax Power. Where are you guys putting that up now? Where where can coaches go to look for those kind of things, or is it just kind of you put it on your site as the president, and then and then hope that they they search on their own and find it? Yeah, we we, we use our social media and and our website, and just hope that people see it. Of course, our community is pretty small, so in the end. Um, some people will, will see it. Of course, the people we are looking for are, is on a volunteer basis. Um, and, and that's one of the issues, of course, of programs like this. Um, uh, we have players or coaches that sometimes come over uh, to, 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 for a job or to study abroad. And that's a big opportunity uh, for us, but also for them to be involved in, in you know, in growing a program like us. Um, but all, always and only on, on volunteer basis, uh, unfortunately. Have you explored doing things like, you know, bringing lacrosse to, to schools, um, you know, youth schools or into universities, um, anything of that nature? Yeah, we do a lot of, of clinics on, on schools uh, around the country. Uh, when we do it in Lisbon, my town, we are able sometimes to collect some players and to add them to our program. But then the issues start to, to arise because when you go to another part of the country, you might go to a school, you might attract the kids' attention, but then uh, you don't have anyone over there locally to be able to put together a lacrosse uh, program. So someone with, with coaching experience or uh, 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 a basic knowledge of, of, of lacrosse to be able to teach those kids continually. So basically, we, we we do that kind of initiatives, but in the end, sometimes they don't work that well because uh, we we don't have the resources to, to give the next step. I know um, some, I think it's the Czech Republic, uh, a couple of players through a connection in Canada came and did you know, like a summer of box lacrosse or they, they came to North America, essentially had some experiences that way. Um, are you working on, on trying something similar or I don't know if you feel uh, how you feel about that, um, that idea? Yeah, that's actually something that we have been thinking a lot uh, in the past um, because we have a group of very, very talented players. Some of them are young um, and very good and, and we understand that go to the US or to Canada will be uh, probably a very good experience for the program and that's something we are it's 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 in the plans for sure uh, to take a, an international tour to to the US with with our team uh, maybe during i don't know the next world games or 
of the next World Championships that I believe will be in Denver, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so for sure, uh, on, on the short term, we'll, we'll be in North America uh, with our guys. Well, you're more than welcome to, uh, to come to Canada. I recommend to come in the summer unless you want to bundle up a little bit. But uh, there's lots of uh, very dedicated uh, lacrosse people um, who are in Canada, I'm sure, would love to support you and, um, and Portugal and growing the sport there. So we always have to wrap up our podcast um, with the same question. And the question is, uh, you know, we're on this uh, pursuit and journey to try and become better coaches. I say try with a, uh, for a reason. And um, uh, so we always like to ask, um, you know, in this journey to become better coaches, who do you think is the next person we should interview? Oh, uh, I didn't thought about that. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. I, I think actually our national team coach will be very interesting for you to, to guys to catch up with him. He's, he's from the UK. Is uh, the he, he, he coaches both men's and women's. He's, he's actually uh, also the the national team coach from from under 21 uh, Wales uh, women's team as well. Uh, and he's a very young guy, uh, much better coach than, than me. Of course, he has all the, the resources and all the, the, the abilities to to be. He's a very nice guy. I think you'll love him. Uh, it would be great for you guys to have him around. His name is Kieran Francis. Pedro, for, for the time today, you know, it was a great, lot of great things. I know Neil says uh, so many great things about you guys down there and the, and the work that you're doing. And, and hopefully we'll... Uh, you know, uh, if you get a chance to come to Canada, we can meet in person and, and you can come play Carleton if you want to come play our university team or we can set something up for you for sure. We, we may have to to, to bundle uh, with, with your university team because uh, <laughs> it, that's it a, we'll, be... we can set up sixes too, right? You know, we can do kind of oh, a, yeah. a little sixes game, you know, for sure. So for sure. For sure. I appreciate that. And I'm sure we'll we'll be in, in contact in the future. And thank you very much, guys, for for having me and, and to give me the opportunity to spread the word a little bit about our, our program. Well, I remember the uh, Pedro conversation being a really challenging one for me. I was driving down to Toronto for lacrosse tournament and um, my partner was driving and my baby was uh, at times being rowdy, let's say. <laughs> um, so I know that was a challenging one for me to try and maintain. I'm sure you were as hosting it. Um, but, you know, it was such a it was a great conversation and an opportunity to talk to someone um, who does something completely different. You know, and we don't have those kinds of experiences uh, here locally. Um, lacrosse is, is pretty entrenched and and uh, a well-known, you know, sports commodity, if you will, in some ways. Some say it's pretty, it's still a niche sport, but at the same time, it does have, you know, strong roots right here, especially around Ottawa. So uh, speaking with Pedro was interesting just in terms of his philosophies and how he would grow the program and and um, the idea of, you know, build it and they will come, right? And and uh, all of his uh, you know, efforts seem to speak to that. Like the idea of creating a tournament in, in, you know, in Portugal so that teams come to play you because for you to travel is, you know, a long ways away. Um, and I know for you, you know, being an Nepean executive, um, part of having an A tournament in Ottawa, you know, limits the amount of travel that Nepean teams have to make. To play at the a level right um and so it's just you know a local example of, of some of the things that pedro has done 
Yeah, I think, um, I mean, first on the drive, I remember, uh, you know, if you guys that don't know, you can imagine where we started with the pandemic. We're both uh, uh, at our houses doing this virtually as well, not together. And uh, and Darcy keeps us organized. And, you know, he's got the flow chart. He's going through it. And it was, this was the first one where, you know, I wasn't able to just kind of see what you highlighted on or off. Or we could really talk back and forth. Okay, you go, I'll go. And, and it was difficult. And I think that... Um, you know, I think one, it's a testament to Pedro. He 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 knew that. We explained it to him right away in the beginning. It was hard uh, to find a time that worked for him with the um, with the time difference. Um, but it also just shows his enthusiasm and mm-hmm. and how much he just wants to talk about the game and and you can hear it in his voice um, uh, how passionate he is about it and how much he wants it to grow. And the conversation brought up many little things, but I think the thing that I really want to talk about is is the sixes. And so I'm, I'm not a fan of the sixes. Uh, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I love box across. Uh, sixes to me is, is box across on a field. Um, but it was great to have his perspective on it, where it was, we only need to now develop 12, 13 guys, and it makes it much easier for us to quickly contend with places like the United States and Canada and the, um, you know, the Iroquois Nation. And um, and I thought that was a really great like something I didn't think of. I, I I've reflected on that a lot. I still don't like sixes. I you know if they're gonna do that, I wish they just did box across in the Olympics, um, and, and use box across on that stage. Um, but it it was something where if I never took Pedro, I never had the opportunity to hear the other side. I wouldn't even even think of. Yeah, it's um, I mean I, personally too, it's like you know we talk about PLL versus. You know, watching college and and uh, the kids love PLL and maybe other people do too. But um, for us as coaches, we don't necessarily enjoy it the same amount because of uh, the structure of the game is is meant um, for something different and it's a different kind of product. Um, you know, it's such a challenge I think in lacrosse. There's so many different forms of lacrosse and um, something we talk about all the time. Uh, well, people in lacrosse do at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have all these different rule books and different versions of the sport. And at the end of the day, it's a stick and ball game. And um, if you want to play a stick and ball game, you know, you have to be dedicated to it. You'll have to um, have good eye-hand coordination and you have to be athletic. Um, and you also just need a space in which to do that. And Portugal is an incredible country. I can speak to you from personal experience recently. <laughs> uh, love traveling in Portugal. Um, I was there and the weather, you know, is, is really conducive to playing uh, field across and, and uh, being able to practice year round. Right. And, um, you know, for us in Ottawa, it's something that we're not able to do outdoors year round. We can't play field across outdoors year round. Um, we could shovel our fields and, and uh, do things like that that you've mentioned before, but it's definitely a challenge. Right. And so, you know, in some ways, Pedro is well positioned um, in the country he's in to be able to grow sports like field across or sixes um, and, uh, and and be successful. Yeah, I just think that, um, you know, the other part, is he talked about the, the growth of the game and, and how much help he got from from people on, on this side of the pond. Right. Oh, and and I think that's, you know, another thing that. You know, you mentioned like we don't we don't struggle with here in Ottawa. We don't struggle. We don't struggle with the need for equipment. We don't struggle with the need for for great coaches, although we, we love to have, you know, guest coaches come in from outside and and do things. Um, 
you know, I think that that's the other thing that Sixes does is it makes it a much more athletic version of the sport where you have to rely less on coaches and less on whatever. And so what does that mean for the Olympics? Again, I still don't like Sixes. But what that could mean for the growth of the game in those countries where you're 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 less worried about that stuff and you're more worried about just teaching kids how to pass and catch and and be athletic and get out there and go, um, you know, I think is something that really can really can impact the sport numbers wise um, across places like Portugal, where the sport is new. Yeah, we're, we both look forward to seeing the Cross Olympics, obviously, even if it's a version that we're not crazy about. <laughs> um, but to see lacrosse that level is just something that's, you know, incredible. Um, seeing the NLL on, on TSN and ESPN, I mean, I think we're at a point where um, lacrosse is going to get a lot more eyeballs. And um, that could mean a huge growth in, in numbers. Um, and so it's super important to... Um, you know, provide people with ideas and resources and, and, and allow coaches to have, get some development. Um, as the numbers, you know, explode, um, there's certainly the, the chance that a lot of coaches won't have a strong lacrosse background who are trying to grow, grow the sport and, and, and have more people um, playing this wonderful game. Yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned uh, the numbers and, and the, the games on TSN. And you know, two years of a pandemic, the numbers are going to be way down everywhere, right? You know, I don't think there's anywhere that's not going to be affected. It's not going to be a growth year for, for many, if any, places. And, you know, I think it's it's incumbent on us to make sure that we're we're getting kids to sit down in front of the TV and watch the game. You know, we're getting kids to, to see it. You said something to me before. I forget what the stats were, so maybe you can correct me, but the last time that the NLL was on TSN, uh, the numbers in Ontario grew th- by 300%. Is, is that correct? Did I have that number correctly? Uh, I'd be lying to you if I remember the stat, but I do know that the um, when the Toronto Rock went on TSN, uh, the numbers you know, were uh, exponential growth in terms of the OLA. Yeah, and I think, so that that's my, you know, I think it's great. It's on TSN. You can stream the games live, and, and so that they're accessible for sure. Um like I think this week the game's on at 10 p.m. at night, right? It's hard to get kids to to watch that game. So what we're doing is we're recording it, and we're gonna have a, a bunch of CJ's friends over to come watch the game, a bunch of Xander's friends to come over and watch the game, um, and just make sure as many kids are seeing the sport as possible. Because whether it's box across or sixes or anything, um, it's a game that when you see it and you watch it, it's it's hard not to want to play it. I think you know I think if you're an athletic kid who likes to run around and and score goals and do you know hit kids and do big things um it's a sport that's there and and i you know any coach that's here that's only worried about their team you know i would say you know get get kids on your son's hockey team get kids on your daughter's uh hockey team and get them right. the, 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 hi guys have a nice weekend take care